Welcome to another installment of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and in this episode, we're going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guests. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. I'm actually really excited today. Uh, got a surprise and husband and wife team Yay. that are um, creators and showrunners, which we'll get into a little bit. Um, Brian and Leanne Adams, uh, I'm super happy to have you both here. Thank you, Bob. It's, it's great to great be here. It's great to be here, Bob. Here in the comedy store. Here at the comedy <laughs> store. And the interesting piece of information is that the other accountant that works here at the comedy store, his son is in... Dwight in Shining Armor. Yes, Josh Breslow plays Jacopo uh, as a recurring role uh, in our show, Dwight in Shining Armor. So it, it's a small world. It's a small world. And you guys were doing podcasts here. We we were, and we are continuing to do them for Dwight in Shining Armor. And Josh Breslow is the host of our podcast. Oh, that's so, awesome. So yes, yes the, the connections are many. It's called The Sunken Kingdom. It's, this- it's sort of the behind-the-scenes podcast about our show, Dwight in Shining Armor. That's so cool. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's oh, a small it's been world. so fun. Yeah. It, it's good That's, to be back here at the Comedy Store. It's, it's great fun. And where do you currently um, film the show? So we just wrapped shooting seasons three and four consecutively. Okay. Cool. So that's uh, 20 episodes, and okay. we shoot in Atlanta, Georgia. And actually, cool. we, we have been uh, – Leanne's been on, on, off and on, and I've been always in Georgia for six months. I finally am back okay. to Lipstick City, Los Angeles. Yeah, okay. It's, it's good to go. be back in the sun. Um, but did you get to eat a lot of peaches? Did, that is a lie. It's a, that is a lie. The peach, the whole peach state thing. Okay. Well, the no treats, all the Georgia. streets are named peach. Yeah. Well, I will say this. If you happen to be in in Georgia in July, right around 4th of July, there's a magical two or three weeks where the peaches are amazing. But then other than that, I bought peaches. They were from California. No joke. No joke. <laughs> well, nobody, nobody does. What is that? Put preserves where they put them in the jars. Yeah. I forget what they call can. Or yeah, I, they probably do, but that's not the way you want to eat a Georgia no. peach. So we no. did. We waited until Fourth of July, and then we just gobbled up. We as did many get as a couple could. right in that one week yeah. window that okay. were good. But other than that, no peaches yeah. are way overpromised. In <laughs> <laughs> Note to self: that's hilarious. Um, so you know, so one of the things I love to talk to people about is money. Yeah, um, and I'm wondering. Uh, when, when you got together, when you got married, uh, and maybe even still, were you exactly on the same page around money? Or do you like, no. oh, I didn't know that about you, no. Brian. Yeah. Right. I, I, mean, I think we were pretty well aligned um, to begin with. And, and we you know talked about it a little bit. I, I remember uh, I, I was a graduate student at the time. And I when we got engaged, I pulled Brian aside and I'm like, honey, um, if we're going to get married, you need to know that I have some student debt. And he's like, okay. And I said, it's about $8,000. <laughs> and he was like, we're going to be okay. We can handle it. <laughs> we'll be all right. I was, the, you know, I, some people understand we have a ton of debt. When oh, yeah. she said right. eight thousand, I'm like, yeah, I think we're going to be all right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. we're going to be all right, and 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 we were, in fact. But um, so you know, we we were always honest with each other about mm-hmm. about money. But we noticed pretty quickly that I was in a a really strong like um, zero debt camp, mm-hmm. uh, and Brian was in the really really strong. We got to save a lot of money camp. And so between the two of that, I was always saying, we got to, we got to pay off credit cards. And he was always saying, we got to put money in our savings account. And so there was a little bit of, I think a healthy back right. and forth in that conversation where we realized we needed a balance uh, of avoiding debt and a balance of saving. Um, and, and neither of us grew up with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so we've never sort of expected 
that we were going to have a a really you know elaborate lifestyle, mm-hmm. which I think helped us out. Yeah, yeah, and we we yeah we we got to the balance where we realized both of those things are important. Like it's it's right. important to save and it's important to avoid debt. And so that's that's we're actually fully aligned. We've been married almost twenty years now. Sweet. Uh, and so we I think we're uh, we're on the page now that we 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 understand both of those are important. And one other thing that was interesting when we were dating, um, I I said my dad gave me this book. It's a really you know it's about you know investing and that sort of stuff. It's called The Richest Man in Babylon. And she's like, my mom gave me that book. And so <laughs> wow, we had, we had had both read the book before meeting each other, and and there's a lot of principles from that book that uh, that have been helpful to us. Yeah. That's cool. And so you didn't grow up with a lot of money. Do you remember any particular phrases that your mom or your dad used to repeat to you when you were kids? I do. My my parents, especially my mom, used to say, "Live within your means," mm. and and she would say it in this sort of with this sort of puritanical tone in her voice when she would see people hot rodding, you know, <laughs> she'd see someone in a super fancy car and she mm-hmm. would kind of go, kids live within your means. Um, Cause for her, those sorts of things meant that you were, you know, maybe, maybe stretching more than you should and mm-hmm. you were going to have money trouble. Um, yeah. So, so she, she was funny about that. And so we, we took that to heart about like, okay, like it's not about the fancy stuff in your life. It's, it's about, you know, living, living well with what you have. And, and, and another phrase that used to come up quite a bit is, is want what you have. Instead of always wanting what you don't have. I love that. I yeah. did too. Want what you have. What that you is have. freaking awesome. It, it really is. And so, you know, it, it was very wise to Leanne come from my parents. Brilliant parents. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, tell, I'm writing that down. That's, I love that. It's yeah. true. If you look around, you're like, you know, I have a lot of great things in my life and they may not be what other people, you know, aspire to have. They may not be the fanciest things, but I'm very happy with what I have. And this is what I want in my life. So it, it, I, I was blessed to have um, really level-headed parents. They yeah. weren't rich people, but they were really happy people. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I mean, I always um, coin it as I'm, you know, I'm grateful. I'm really yeah. grateful, but that's just such a another way to think about it. Think yeah. about it. I yeah. really like that. Yeah. What about you? So my one of the phrases my dad repeat it's it's like his catchphrase uh, it's yeah. do the work first uh, and like the the answer to every question is do the work first like are mm-hmm. we going to do this it's like do the work first and so i i was raised with a real uh, sense of of you got to work hard and if you do you know things things will come and in really that's the sort of mantra of my whole family extended family for generations there's a, a quick story about my my grandfather which kind of uh encapsulizes yeah. <laughs> is that right is that the right encapsulizes yeah. my feeling towards uh, money uh, although I don't look um, like I have Mexican heritage because uh, I'm a white guy. Uh, both of my grandparents were from Mexico. Oh, wow. uh, and they actually – they were – for several generations, long story, which I won't get into now. But several generations, uh, they were there in, in Mexico. They lived in Mexico and they moved to the United, United States like a lot of immigrants did. And my grandparents uh, on my dad's side actually lived in a tent for two and a half years uh, wow. in, in America. And they were you know, trying to build you know, the American dream and my grandfather got – a job at a gas station, uh, working at a gas station. He was, you know, busting his butt trying to move up, and, and he eventually, after a couple of years, got to where he was the owner of the gas station because the wow. guy retired. And th- this is the great part of the story. Um, after he did the books, he he never went to college, but he did the books, and he saw how much money was left over at the end of the month. He's like, "This has got to be wrong." Uh, so he saved that money in a in a safe, uh, and every month that would happen. He's like. 
I must have done the books wrong. I there's I'm making way too much money. I'm going to save it because I know they're going to come back and they're going to want that money. <laughs> so oh my God. I want to I got to be able to pay it when they realize the you know the error in the books. And that went on literally for years that wow. he kept saving the money in a big safe in the and and eventually when he realized no he was doing the accounting correctly he went and he bought a, uh, a ranch with it and he started investing in you know, ranching wow. as well. And so that's kind of always been my thing. Leanne and I try. Um, if, since the very beginning of our marriage, we've done two things. We, we save, uh, we've always saved at least 10% of our income. That goes back to that book. Mm-hmm. And we also give a lot to charity. Great. Uh, we give, you know, t- at least 10% of our, of our income to, to, to charity, including our church was a right. big part of it. Yep. Um, and, and now, uh, we've actually m- increased in our career and we, we try and save right now. We're saving a lot more than 10%. Uh, so it's, it's a, big thing and I'm, I'm worried like my grandfather like they're going to realize <laughs> that I owe them money they're going to come back and get it uh, so saving is a, is a big part uh, of our approach so, so let me ask you this because and I love that you shared that about your grandparents living in tents and saving because I think a lot of people look at somebody that's starting to have some success and they make a lot of assumptions mm-hmm. and they don't take into account like the struggles and the hardships and all that came with getting where you are mm-hmm. right, and yeah. the history and the journey. But the question I have about the charity is, and, and I agree yeah. that giving is important. But why is that important to you? Well, for for me, first of all, it helps you mentally be living within your means all the time. If you know, you know, I'm going to give ten percent of what I make, or whatever percentage feels appropriate to you, I'm going to give that um, give that back into my society. Uh, it, it helps you automatically flip a switch in your brain where you're not stretching to your outer limit. I, I also feel like it helps you to um, uh, to cut loose of some of those um, materialistic uh, drives that might push you in a direction you don't really want to go. But, you know, when you see that that dress or those shoes or, you know, whatever, and you think, <laughs> oh, I'd really like to have that, it helps you kind of kind of break the power of those materialistic things uh, and and be thinking always of, you know, I, I, I've been given so much. How can I help? How can I give back? It's going to turn you into a, more the person that you want to be, a little more outward focused. Yeah. And, and so for us, it's always been important. When we weren't making much money, we still gave that ten percent. Uh, as we started to to get to where we were uh, feeling more more stable in our careers, it was always giving that ten percent, uh, and it it does help to keep you grounded. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I feel like you know, gratitude is an incredible virtue. And the more you uh, feel gratitude and express God, gratitude to God or the universe or you know whatever uh, it. it I don't know. It, it inspires happiness, and 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 I I also feel like uh, I believe in you know a version of karma, like you know what you give out, you get back, and and that's definitely been the case in in our experience as we've as we've given, uh, we've gotten more back. So it's, it's worked yeah. for us. Absolutely. And do you um, the, when you were talking about when you just said gratitude, it reminds me. I love to travel, mm-hmm. and I mostly travel to developing war- countries mm-hmm. um, because I yeah have a lot of appreciation when I come back and I'm also uh, I learn a lot sure. from people in in other countries without a whole lot yeah. because they're happy mm-hmm. and they're full of gratitude yeah. and so like for me that's an important reminder uh, do you travel a lot we d- we do travel a lot and we've traveled uh 
pretty extensively in third world countries. In fact, um, I served a mission for my church in Honduras. I lived there okay. for two years, um, and uh, that was an incredibly humbling experience. Most, of, I mean, most of the time, in fact. I only had running water in one place where I lived and we had outhouses. I mean, so uh, we cooked over an open flame and, and, and we actually, a couple of years were able to go back with our two, we have two sons. We, uh, Leanne and I went back with them and we stayed with a, a family who's a friend of mine in Tegucigalpa, Honduras, and they didn't have running water. They, we take bucket showers and right. actually the lady asked me in Spanish, do you want me to heat up the water for them? I'm like, no, 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 like do the, do the cold <laughs> do way. Do the cold. <laughs> so, and, and you're right. I think going to third world countries and, and it helps that gratitude and you realize um, first of all, you don't need a lot to be happy. Right. Uh, there's uh, a wonderful documentary on Netflix called Happy, Happy, happy. right? Yeah. Uh, that talks a lot about that. I recommend oh, it. Oh, I'll uh, check that out. Please do. Uh, so I totally agree. Um, so speaking of Netflix and talking about shows, uh, Dwight and Shining Armor, um, like how did that come about? And that – how ex- was it exciting? Was it not like when you, this that is happening? Was, that was what? a long and winding road. <laughs> yeah. Um, we wrote uh, that script um, about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it, it was this, this beloved little project that we just adored. We thought it was so fun. And, and we thought it was really doing something that a lot of shows at the time weren't doing, which was it was a show intended for a whole family to sit down together and watch. Right. Um, which it used to be that, most shows were designed with that in mind. Right. You know, when I was growing up, it, the, the the creators of shows felt like they had to capture the parents and the teens and the kids. And so there were only three channels, yeah, right? right. Yeah. Exactly. So, you had to get but, the whole family. That's right. That that's has right. really changed in the last 10 years. And I mean, everything has become so very segmented in, mm-hmm. in entertainment that we really wanted to, to make a show that was back to co-viewing that would put everyone back on the same sofa again, that yeah. parents and teens and kids would all like. And, and so we'd written this script and we just loved it and we shopped it around a little bit about 10 years ago and you know we used it as a writing sample and it, it kind of had a few different iterations and then we got this opportunity um, to share it with BYU TV uh, and they were when we heard what they were doing we'd never worked with BYU TV uh, before although Brian and I both attended BYU uh, as my cousins went there yeah oh, cool <laughs> so um, it's a great school it is a great school yeah. so um but we'd never worked with BYU TV, and we heard that they really wanted to develop their scripted content for co-viewing for families. And we thought, oh, my gosh, that's that's Dwight. That's Dwight. And so we sent it to them, and things went very, very fast. They got the script. We met. It was in May that they, that they read the script, and we met with the head of BYU Broadcasting, Mike Dunn. Uh, and it was in November we were shooting the pilot, which is lightning fast yeah. Yeah. Uh, in in this business. So very quickly we were we were fast tracked with them because they they saw what we had always hoped somebody would see in that right. script. Yeah, and it was tremendously exciting. So we shot the pilot. I think that was November of 2017, right? Mm-hmm. And then they they picked up seasons one and seasons two, which we shot in 2018. And then, like I said, we just shot seasons three and four uh, this year. And we're hopeful. Uh, the plan is it's not official, but we're we're hope, hopeful they will buy uh, two more seasons next year, mm-hmm. seasons five and six. Uh, so yeah, it's it's been quite a ride, uh, and to, to have the opportunity to be uh, the creators, you know, writers and 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 showrunners on on a show that uh, you know that's so near and dear to our heart has been an incredible experience. It's a dream come true. Yeah. So how did you keep the faith? 
like how do you, you know this is not an industry where you go out and just get accolades every day and everybody says yes and everything gets the green light right and most parents might be a little nervous when people say i'm going into entertainment oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah well well i mean we kept the faith in in dwight uh, it was always one of our favorite shows but we were working on a hundred other things at the same time. Right. I mean, for for a long time, um, I had a day job. Uh, okay. I actually majored in accounting. Oh, okay. Um, and right. and I was uh, I worked uh, in investments. Um, you know, for a long time while we were, so the writing was our side hustle for a Great. long mm-hmm. time. And we we've been. I, I left the day job. It's like six years ago now. Okay. And and, and so writing our, our night job became our day mm-hmm. job. <laughs> okay. So it's cool. So a little bit of practicality oh, in there yeah. of not- for sure. Because, you, I mean, I'm sure, I mean, maybe not, but I don't know if your parents were like, oh, my God, that's great. Go to Hollywood. Good luck. It's going to be – can't you just work at the post office? <laughs> you know, our parents were amazingly supportive they cool. were. On, on both sides. Uh, I think that's important. Yeah. They were. They they always did believe in, in me. You know, before I met Brian, they believed in me and my dreams. And, and then when, when Brian and I got married and we started – doing these crazy things together, you know, we're going to go to LA and we're going to work in the movies. And, and they were just wonderful about oh, that's it. Awesome. They were so supportive. And, and my Probably mom, Probably more supportive than oh, they should way have more supportive. <laughs> you know, my, my mom, you know, when I would call her and cry and say how things weren't working out, she'd be like, well, you can always come stay in my basement. Oh, she is so sweet. And so it was like, we always knew yeah. not that we wanted to, but we always knew we had that soft place to land. If things really went badly and we never did end up in the basement, but, <laughs> but just knowing that we had that and that we wouldn't be turned out with scorn if right. we failed, right. Really emboldened us to try and, and to shoot for it. And it was a lot of years that, you know, Brian would, he was working New York market hours. So he'd get off at one. He'd, go to work super early, 6 a.m. or something. He'd work till 1. And so we'd schedule all of our Hollywood pitch meetings after 1 o'clock. I'd pick him up. I'd drive while he was changing out of his suit, which he was required right. to wear in his right. business, into something that seemed a little more hip in Hollywood. Well, right. He's doing that in the car as we're driving and, and we're practicing our pitches as we're driving along. And, and usually I, I would have to swing by and drop off our kids at the babysitter on the way. So it's like we were juggling all this stuff just so we could kind of swoop into that pitch meeting and seem like we had all our crap together. <laughs> we just came from the beach. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, it was, you know, we had to kind of fake it for a long time and a long time. And I guess that would is what I would say is to anyone who's starting in this is it's okay if you're working a day job for a long time. Like there's yeah. no shame in that. That's the reality of this business. And if it allows you to keep uh, chasing your dream, that's it's great. Love that day job. It's no, going to support your dream. It, it's yeah. the truth. And, and and I think um you know that you you follow your dream, uh, right. but you have to pay your bills in the meantime. Right. And and sometimes that's waiting tables, but it's also good to progress in a career where you can support yourself in Los Angeles because yeah. it's expensive to live here and it's especially super. if you're going to be, you know, a writer this Los Angeles is pretty much where you need to be. Yeah. And so, you know, that's what we decided to do. You know, I had I had a you know pretty good day job that was keeping us going and and we did juggle things for a long time mm-hmm. and then and then also you just quickly going back to, you know, our parents Land's parents were so supportive and then my also, I mean, my dad was just uh, again 
I don't know if I would be the supportive to my kids, but he's like, it's going to work out. Just keep going, you know, keep hustling, you you know, and he, the fortune, fortune favors the bold is another you know, right. quote uh, that he would, he would say. And, and I don't know if I'd have the risk to tell my kids that all the time, but right. you know, it, it did, or at least for the moment has worked out for us to, you know, to, to follow our dream, but you got to be able to pay your bills while you're following your dream. And, and it, it required us to work you twice as hard because we had right. two jobs. So, yeah, no, I, it's, it's interesting. I, cause I tell people like either love your job yeah, or know that it's just a means to an end mm-hmm. and then still be grateful for the job yeah. and still show up and do the job knowing that it's temporary yeah. while you're working towards yeah. living the dream. Yeah. Well, and th- that's, that's for sure. And then as uh, we also found that, um, as I, I progressed in my, uh, my investment career, uh, I, I met more influencers in Los Angeles who right. actually mm-hmm. helped us in our writing career. And so, uh, so that's, it's, it's good to pr- get a job where you can progress and, and mm-hmm. meet other people too. So, uh, it's, it's tricky. One of my favorite quotes is, uh, from Hello Dolly. If you're going to live from hand to mouth, you got to be ambidextrous. And that's, that's they're going to put, they're going to edge that on my tombstone. There you go. Sure. <laughs> well, so let me ask you this. So you have two boys yeah. and how old are they now? 16 and 14. Okay. So, uh, 10, 12 years ago you had kids Oh yeah, and like you've got people relying on you. Yeah. Crazy, it, right? It, it, that, yeah, it was crazy. And that was that was really tough. I'm, I'm not going to say we didn't doubt ourselves. We doubted ourselves constantly, especially back in those early years when it was, felt like nothing was really going to give. There and, were years and years and years of failure. And, yeah. and we did doubt ourselves a lot. Uh, but we also, uh, I don't know, something in the back of our mind said it's going to work out and, and different times, you know, one of us would have more doubt than the other. And, and it's, it's great to have, you know, a partner mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like Leanne because uh, we support each other. And so when we were uh, in those desperate times and, and like you're saying, it's like, we have kids, like they need to eat and they need new shoes. Oh. And, and there were some desperate times, honestly, yeah. where, uh, where uh, I, for a while, I won't get into all the story, but I lost my day job and then we were trying to do the writing thing. And then you know, I got another day job. And, uh, and we were desperate. Yeah. I mean, like literally desperate. There, for... there were some really kind of bad moments. Um, but, uh, well, I'm going to pull my <laughs> thoughts together here. I just went to a very dark place. <laughs> so, Climb off the ledge again. So, <laughs> Come back. Come back. So there, there were some really rough times. Mm-hmm. But it's not like we didn't have any successes in those years. We'd right. get just enough to coax us along. Right. So keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So we we would sell a pitch, or we would. Oh my gosh! The day we sold, a, uh, we sold a pitch for a feature in the room, and he's like, "I love this. I want to buy it. I'm gonna <laughs> buy it." And we walked out just shaking, and it would, you know, and we we when we got our first job, and so there were these little things that would happen, and we got in the WGA, WGA and we got our and first book adaptation. When we got our, our health care, I mean, and that's the other thing. We we were always our goal was every year, and I think we've had it for like. 10 years now, yeah. every year we had to make enough to Just keep our WJ healthcare because it's amazing healthcare. Right, yeah. right. And so that's the, that's the other thing that for a lot of times we were just yeah. just enough to get that healthcare. So we were kind of limping along, you know, and, and the writing money was, it was a nice little side income uh, and Brian, but it was nowhere near enough for us to mm-hmm. just live on that. So Brian kept with his his day job and we had, you know, some years were better than others. And and then there was this, this moment that this was about four or five years ago 
that um, is it okay if I tell the yeah, story? Yeah, sure. Well, wait, what story? So, <laughs> Pause. <laughs> so we had decided that that our lives were going nowhere, that this was never going to work out, that it was time to grow up, all that stuff. We'd right. had those painful conversations, and we'd mm-hmm. cry and cry. I know we got to grow up, honey. We got to grow up. And so we had we'd saved some money. We got a writer writer's a job, you know, on a writing assignment, and we'd saved all that money. And our plan was we were going to send Brian back to school to get his MBA. Yeah, and, and we were going to be done with this whole Hollywood stupid Hollywood thing. thing. Well, and we and we had saved enough money uh, that we had to make a choice. Well, first of all, I I took the GMAT, which was a Hell, grueling experience. Just awful. But I, I did well. Fun? No, <laughs> I did well enough to get uh, admitted to uh, USC uh, cool. MBA program and a couple others. And we had saved enough money that we could actually uh, pay cash uh, for the MBA program nice. and then and then try and get an MBA job and just like and move to Texas. That or was North the plan. Carolina. We're like, yeah. we're moving to. Texas uh, or North Carolina. And, and that's we were, where all the jobs are. And, and no state tax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so we were we were at that moment where we – at crossroads where we either mm-hmm. uh, pay cash for an MBA um, or we had this you know other this right, other crazy yeah, thing. Right uh, at that time, this opportunity landed in Brian's lap. This, this uh, guy that we had known for years socially uh, ended up splitting with his partner. And he, he was a, a, a commercial producer. He mm-hmm. produced commercials. Um, and we'd known him for years and we knew his partner partnership had ended and he was kind of floundering, wondering what he was going to do next. And, mm-hmm. and Brian was like, you know, I think I should approach him about partnering. Like, I don't know much about the production side of the entertainment business. He's a writer, obviously, but, but he's like, but I do know numbers and I know accounting. And I feel like a lot of what might've gone wrong in his past partnership was that they didn't have that acumen. And so I have a lot to offer and I should approach him about maybe partnering and, and getting into the, into commercial production. And so I remember we were sitting on the edge of our tub uh, in our bathroom. <laughs> oh, not the jacuzzi no, in, the, no. <laughs> in the big it yard. Was, it was the edge of a really stupid tub. <laughs> and so we're sitting on the edge of this tub and um, and we're like, well, you know, what what shall we do? Um, well, th- he had spoken to him to to this this friend, and and the guy was for it. It's like, yeah, let's do it. I'd be happy to do that. This sounds like a good thing for both of us. So Brian and I are sitting there on this tub, and we're like, all right, we have this money, and you've been accepted to these programs. Should we take the money and should we, you know, do the do the the grown up thing and send you back to get your MBA or we could take this money and we could basically live on it for a year while you try to get this new company off the ground. And it was the least grown up thing we could have done. (laughs) It was just another way of Hollywood tricking us uh, out of everything we want in life. But we, you know, we looked at each other. We're like, we have to go for it. If we don't go for it, we'll always wonder what could have happened if we had? We have to go for it, yeah. and so we did. And yeah, and and it worked out about right as as we started this new company uh, producing commercials. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we had about a year's worth of uh, money saved up that we yep. could live on, and it was about a year before we started making any money. Yeah, but, before we but, made our first dollar. Yeah, wow. but but we you know we took that gamble and and it worked out well for us. I don't recommend that for everyone. Uh, it was <laughs> you it just was, didn't want to go to Texas. <laughs> we, <laughs> you didn't. Want nothing to go to against really the Lone Star State, <laughs> but you know, but but it, it it was one of those crossroads, and then for us it worked out, and and you know we started to do well and in uh, in. in Producing commercials, which also I hadn't really foreseen this, but it actually helped our writing career mm-hmm. as well. Like mm-hmm. you know, 
doing so many productions helped our writing career. And so they kind of, you know, built each other up. Um, and so that's, uh, you know, so far, uh, it's so far. we may still end up in Texas. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's always going to be there. Well, so let me, a couple of questions. Um, did your kids think you were crazy? Like, here's these people, they go off and do things that's not like a tangible job, maybe mm-hmm. for most people. I mean, it's entertainment. Yeah. Like, did they understand what you were doing or do they understand now or is it still? I, I, they, they've seen us take a lot of risks. They've mm-hmm. seen us. You know, we're, we're always – I read an article a while ago that you should be honest with your kids about you know how much money you make, how much money you don't make, you right. know, when you have successes, when you don't. So we're pretty full disclosure with our kids about Great. about how much things cost and about you know all that stuff. So, uh, so they knew the risk. I mean – Five or six years ago, they were pretty young, but um, but they they knew all that stuff, uh, and it was they were so supportive and they're so sweet. I remember one time, and I'm gonna probably cry thinking about this, but our our oldest kid, he was probably only seven or eight, but he was he was saying a little prayer and he was praying for us that we would do well as we were ah. starting on this, and that that was actually motivating for me many times. Like he's praying for us, and and you know, so they were very wow. supportive. Well, and, and they would hear us talk all the time about you know this or that pitch, and we'd practice our pitches on them, and so they always knew that this was our dream. And I remember a long time ago when Jude, our oldest son, must have been four or five years old. Um, we were trying to explain to him, you know, because we said, oh, we're taking this pitch in. And he's like, oh, and do you think they'll buy it? And we're like, well, we're not going to be pitching to the guy who can buy it. We're going to be pitching to like someone, you know, beneath that guy. And then we'll have to do a lot more pitching before we get to the guy with the checkbook. It's what we said. He's not the guy with the checkbook. So then we go and do this other this other pitch and and uh we come home how did it go he said oh fine was he the guy with the checkerboard <laughs> and so from then on we've always had this little thing in our family was it the guy with the checkerboard the, the boss great. the boss it, of the company it, is the guy with the checkerboard the guy with the checkerboard <laughs> i love that and do you do you uh have you ever caught yourselves telling your kids to uh do the work first or to live within your means all the time like, have, you, have you become your parents they're so 100%, over it yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like eh. i i actually you know Print things out and stick it on the fridge. You know, when I when I come across you know some sort of life management you know mm-hmm. quote, I stick it on the fridge. Uh, and so do the work first. They've heard it a million times. A it makes them throw up. It makes them throw up just like I did when I was a kid. Exactly. And now you are the two with the checkerboard. <laughs> That's a weird reversal. I gotta it is, say, it is we weird get to pitched have, to now. It is weird oh, to be awesome. on the other side of that desk. Uh, yeah. Once you sort of get an anchor in uh, oh. people. People. It, it yeah. is very strange to be on the other side of the table hearing pitches now, and I, I, I don't feel like I belong on that side of the table at all. So um, I try to be, I try to just smile and nod and be <laughs> the, the best person to pitch to because I know how hard it is. It is uh, that's awesome. So, all right, let me ask you this: in this moment um, in life, are you further behind or further ahead of where you thought you would be in this moment? Wow, that's a great question. I th- wow, I think I mean we we used to dream really big when we were just starting out, but I think I think we're probably about right where we thought we would where, where we'd hoped we would be. Where you know, things are going really well right now, and so I I think we're about where we are or maybe a little better. I don't know. I, what do you think? Yeah, I I feel like I am living my dream in a way that can't possibly last. <laughs> you know, that yeah. I'm just trying to to hang on to it and enjoy it because you know we're in a gig economy it's not always going to be this great and i know that i know that there'll be dips and and things and so i i do feel like it's it's just fantastic and it's better than i 
I would have hoped for two, three years ago when before we even saw this opportunity on the horizon. Um, so, you know, on, on the other hand, um, I heard a quote, I wish I could remember who it was, you know, I, I try not to take either my successes or my failures too seriously because neither one lasts. Yeah, And that's very, very true. So right now, you know, we're in a really good spot. We're really feeling bolstered by this great success and we're having so much fun doing our own show, but we try not to take it too seriously. Yeah. You know, if anything yeah. could happen. Yeah, um, got to be ready and, for the and, next. And thing. that's why we do we save a lot. Um, yeah, and so we, we're we uh, obviously we're planning that you know the show will continue to go well, and and we are already in the middle of uh, hopefully setting up the next one, and so that's mm-hmm. a plan. But we also know it's Hollywood, and and it, we may have already made our last dollar in this job. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we so we have you know we have uh, a, a long runway, a, a long runway uh hopefully that we can uh, have some time to figure it out not to mix my metaphors but another thing my dad <laughs> used to say uh, is like you know you you uh, you need altitude airspeed and ideas if you're out of all three of those you're in trouble but as long as you have altitude airspeed or ideas you're not going to crash the plane and so uh so the the altitude is is by having some money saved up to be you know the rainy day fund and so that's yeah. what we've been trying to do uh to to give us some uh if things do all go to crap tomorrow, hopefully <laughs> they don't. Room. Yeah, give yeah, us a little wiggle yeah. room. So uh, um, I know we're coming to the end. I could talk to you guys for hours because this <laughs> is awesome. Um, what would you like your footprint, your footprint to be? Like what? What do you want? The what do you want to leave the world? Like our legacy. What's your uh, legacy? I mean, that's that is a great question. Uh, obviously, our two sons, uh, Jude and Henry, are a big part of that, and and I I do feel. I'm not that old, um, 42, uh, but I'm starting to think about legacy stuff, especially with my sons. And I, I really want to pass on uh, a lot of the knowledge that I got from from my dad and my, both my parents. Uh, but uh, my dad and, and my grandfather and my great-grandfather always they, – they had all this wisdom and, mm-hmm. and uh, especially about you know money and work and investing. And so I want to pass that down to them and, and I hope it served me well and I hope it serves them well. So that's that's – Whatever we can give our sons is a big part of the legacy. Yeah, yeah. For me, um, the legacy will only be connected to my family. I mean, it's it's great that we'll pro- hopefully maybe be remembered for this show that we did or for other shows that we do. That's fantastic. I, I would love for us to be remembered as the king and queen of awesome family comedy adventure. I mean, that'd be <laughs> great. Uh, but ultimately, it's all going to come down to those two boys. And and if they can, uh, if they can have, you know, happy lives – um, which is going to be hard for for anyone. I think life has become very complex, and mm-hmm. and Gen Z has got a lot that's going to land on them. Yeah. Um, and a very complicated world that we're giving to our kids. And so, if we can help them to kind of cut through some of that noise and some of the the hysteria that's in the world, and just have a, cut a clean path for themselves. I will felt I will feel like I've I've done my job, and and we just keep quoting our very wise parents. But, <laughs> but my um, I think it was either my mom or my grandma would say that that uh, that she 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 needed to raise kids that didn't need her. That that would be a sign that she had been a success a successful mom, and so. How odd that the legacy I'm hoping for is to raise kids that don't need me. Uh, someday. That's awesome. 
Um, hopefully they'll still want me around. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I mean, later. I mean, but... they're almost 18, so yeah. it's, it, might, it might have a gap. It might have a gap there. No, but that's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So if, you know, so just to recap a little, because I know we're coming to the end here, but um, like have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Don't take it too serious. Yeah. Uh, be practical. Go for your dreams and have a side hustle. Pay, oh, the, pay the bills. Pay you the bills. You yeah. got to do the work. Yeah. Well, and, and just on that recap, I've heard a lot of people say, I'm going to go to Hollywood and I'm going to give it a year. Uh, and that's the worst idea. You should go to Hollywood and give it 10 years, 10 years. at least. And then at reevaluate. Because that's how long it takes. And so, yeah, you've got to have a side, side hustle and have a plan in place to make make yeah. it 10 years while you're you – That's know. right. Because most overnight successes take about 10 to 15 years. Oh, it's, it's true, Right? Yeah. At yeah. least. Sure. And, um, yeah, and just, and, and I think the gratitude and, and appreciating what you have and, and like a little bit of faith and paying mm-hmm. it forward. Yeah. Um, and it can all work out quite nicely it and you can, can have a Dwight in shining armor <laughs> that, uh, comes to your rescue or right. to your champion. Um, for, huh? the, for the moment it's working out. I may be asking you for a job in, in a couple months. <laughs> well, when you get your MBA from That's USC, right. come back and talk to me. Oh man. So where can people find you? Okay, cool. So my, uh, what my Instagram handle or whatever they call it is yep. Brian underscore J underscore Adams. You can find me also on uh, Twitter. I think it's BJAWGA and, and Facebook. Uh, but for sure, please follow our show Dwight and Shining Armor on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I think and I think it's on Instagram. It's just Dwight and Shining Armor uh, or Google Dwight and Shining Armor, and you can actually watch all the sh- all the episodes for free online if you just uh, go to byutv.org slash Dwight or just Google Dwight and Shining Armor, the first link there. You can watch all the episodes online for free. And then Leanne? With all your family. With all yes, your family. Get them all down Co-view. together. Co-view. Co-view. Please, Co-view. That's right. And then... <laughs> oh, yeah. You can follow me at Leanne H. Adams. On Instagram. Uh, so check it out and watch lots more episodes so yeah, they can have like do. 10 more seasons. Thank <laughs> Absolutely. <you. laughs> Love it. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Oh, man. Well, listen, it is, it's been... So awesome having you guys on the show, and it was Thank such you. a delight, Leanne, to have you pop in Thank as an unexpected surprise. Oh, thanks for having us, Bob. Yeah, so I so appreciate it. So, uh, listeners, please don't forget to share the laughs. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. And if you have a question you would like to ask us for one of our future guests, you can visit us at www.moneyyoushouldask and click on the record a question button. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. For tips, stories, financial tools to help you have a healthier relationship with money, be sure to check out The Money Nerve. I'm Bob Wheeler, your host. And again, awesome. It was so much fun. Thank awesome. You. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Bob. Thank, Thank you. you.